You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Since we talked about the words dessert and desert last week, it's a good time to talk about the ever-confusing phrase, just desserts, as in he got his just desserts. And then we'll talk about when to put a comma after the word but. But first, I have a bunch of your memory tricks for remembering the difference between desert and dessert. After last week's show, people immediately started telling me they had different memory tricks from mine for remembering the spelling, and I eventually put out a call on Twitter to hear everyone's tricks. Multiple people remember that dessert has two S's by thinking of the dessert strawberry shortcake and its two S words. Another one that came up was thinking of the two S's as two scoops of ice cream. And multiple people also mentioned that the words desserts and stressed are palindromes, and desserts are what you eat when you're stressed. Give me that pint of ice cream or at least two scoops. Many tips revolved around the idea that you want more dessert and it has more S's. There were so many of them that I can't go through them all, but if you want to see them, you can check out the replies to my tweet on December 7th. The account is at Grammar Girl. And thanks to everyone who responded. I loved hearing all your different and creative tips. And also, Brian from Alexandria, Virginia called in with what is probably a better memory trick for remembering the spelling of regiment. Or at least it's probably more broadly relatable than my Monty Python memory trick. Here's Brian. Hi, Mignon. This is Brian calling from Alexandria, Virginia. I have a recommendation for how to remember regiment is about military. Regiment ends in a T, which stands for troops. Thanks for the call. And now on to Just Desserts by Bonnie Mills. If you're at all like me, you could live on desserts. That's with two S's in the middle. The downside to eating this way for chocoholics and sugar addicts is that we tend to get big middles. The question is, are we getting our just desserts as a result of our eating habits? We've all used the phrase just desserts. When you're speaking, it doesn't matter so much how many S's are in the word. A problem arises, however, when you have to write the expression. Before we delve into how to spell it, though, let's see what it means and how to use it. If you get your just desserts, you get what you deserve. The consequence you get could be good or bad, but the phrase usually has a negative connotation. As in, if you did something bad and then something bad happened to you in return, you got what you justly deserved. For example, if you were in a vindictive mood, you could say, she got her just desserts when she failed the final exam after paying someone to do all her homework. So how do you spell it? 
Well, the phrase comes from the French verb désirer, D-E-S-E-R-V-E-R, with note only one S. Much as we might like to put two S's in this expression, one S in the middle is correct. You're probably shaking your head right now and thinking, but D-E-S-E-R-T-S, pronounced desserts, looks weird written with that one S in the middle. And you're right. It's logical to read just desserts with one S in the middle and think the writer meant just deserts, no rainforests, no grassland, just deserts. Odd as it may be, the word desserts with one S in the middle and pronounced like the sweet treat has been used in English since the 13th century to mean things deserved. And nowadays, it's used more or less exclusively in this phrase only. You don't hear people saying sentences such as, they're desserts for getting good grades for an extra hour of TV. Instead, you'd hear, they deserved to watch an extra hour of TV because they got good grades. The sweet treat desserts has two S's and the second syllable is stressed. The arid place, desert, on the other hand, has one S and the first syllable is stressed. The noun that means what you deserve, spelled D-E-S-E-R-T, with one S, confusingly has the second syllable stressed, just like the word that refers to cake or cookies. As you might guess, many people spell just desserts incorrectly, with two S's in the middle. You might not guess, on the other hand, just how many people do it. If you do a straight Google search for the phrase, he got his just desserts, with each of the two spellings, the wrong spelling gets a little more than three times as many results. Don't always go for the popular answer, kids. But if you want to know the importance of a good editor, you can look at Google Ngram searches for the same phrase, because that database contains text from books, which tend to have been edited, unlike a lot of results from the web. And then you see that the proper spelling, God has just desserts with one S, is about 1.5 times more common. Now, that's not as great as you'd hope, but at least the right spelling won once more editors were involved. Now, if you own a bakery or were a fan of the Bravo TV cooking show, go ahead and use the pun just desserts with two S's in the middle of desserts. In these cases, you probably are concerned about just desserts. Nothing savory for you. Although just desserts is a perfectly useful phrase, the pronunciation and spelling confuses a lot of people. If you're speaking, it's not a problem. But you may encounter readers who mistakenly think you've made an error when you properly write just desserts with one S. If that's a concern, you can just say that so-and-so got what he deserved. Maybe he even deserved dessert. That segment was written by Bonnie Mills, who's been a copy editor since 1996. This next segment is by Edwin Battistella. If you type comma and but into Google, the search engine will give you some auto-suggestions, including comma after but at the beginning of a sentence, and is there a comma before or after but? According to editors and grammarians, there is no comma after the word but at the beginning of a sentence. But it's something I see a lot in sentences like, but there were too many of them to count, or but we were afraid the situation would get worse. When I see these commas in the work of writers, I invariably cross them out. If I find just one, I'll squiggle it out and put a question mark, or sometimes a frowny face, in the margin, hoping it's a typo. 
If I see another instance of but followed by a comma, I'll strike it out again and write no comma after but. If I see a lot of instances of the initial but with a comma, I'll suggest that the writers see me, but they rarely do. It's a small problem in the grand scheme of things, but I can't help but wonder why writers adopt this punctuation. There is really only one comma rule that mentions conjunctions. A comma goes before a coordinating conjunction that separates two independent clauses. So why would a writer put a comma after a sentence initial but? Well, I have a few hypotheses. One possibility is that it's an error of analogy. Writers see examples of the adverb however followed by a comma at the beginning of a sentence and make a false analogy. However means the same thing as but. A comma is needed after however. Therefore, a comma is needed after but. However, adverbs and conjunctions are different grammatical categories, so the analogy doesn't yield the right punctuation. Another possibility is that a writer is punctuating by ear, relying on the old idea that you put a comma where you'd take a breath. Since but signals a disjunction, a writer might imagine a pause and insert a comma on that basis. But punctuation isn't determined solely by pauses heard in our mental ear. It's mostly keyed to grammatical and rhetorical categories like coordinating conjunctions, independent or introductory clauses, essential and inessential phrases, coordinate adjectives, and so on. If pausing is the basis for the comma after but, we're dealing with a false underlying assumption leading to an error. A third possibility is that writers notice instances of paired parenthetical commas, the first of which happens to occur after but. They might generalize from that observation to the idea that a comma is always needed. It's easy to find examples of this pattern like but, comma, as my music teacher always reminded me, comma, you must practice every day. But, comma, as any driver will tell you, comma, the commute seems endless. Or but, comma, always remember, comma, you must never put your finger in a light socket. If someone is focused too locally on the comma after but, and ignores the fact that it's part of a pair of commas, they might make a false generalization. I think it's important to puzzle about problems like this. Grammar is more than just correcting errors. If we can understand why writers make the wrong analogy, or internalize wrong underlying assumptions, or adopt the wrong generalization, then maybe we can get punctuation to make more sense to future generations of writers. But for now, just remember that you don't need a comma after the word but at the beginning of a sentence. That segment was written by Edwin Battistella, who teaches linguistics and writing at Southern Oregon University in Ashland, where he has served as a dean and as interim provost. He's the author of Do You Make These Mistakes in English? Bad Language and The Logic of Markedness. This segment originally appeared on the OUP blog and is included here with permission. Finally, I have a familect story from Rachel. Hi, Minyan. This is Rachel Quizzle calling you from Santa Barbara, California. I just love your show. Um, my spouse and I use a word that I've never heard used in this context before. When we go to a bakery, we'll buy a pastry and the pastry is given to us in a bag. And the little pieces of pastry at the bottom of the bag we refer to as the snivels. And we always argue over who gets to eat the snivels. 
Um, so that's my story. Keep up the great work. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. That's cute. If you want to tell me the story of a word your family made up, leave me a voicemail at 83321-4-GIRL. You can find transcripts from this show and hundreds of Grammar Girl and other articles at quickanddirtytips.com. And since I'm really quite bad at celebrating things, I forgot to mention that last week was episode number 800. Yay! And wow, thanks to everyone who has listened all these years. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sams. That's all, and thanks for listening. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.